This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 298. Hey there, Veg Zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthier plant-based lifestyle. I am one of your hosts, Vicki. And this is Larissa. Now, we've made it one of our goals for 2019. We asked you guys early in the year, toward the end of last year and at the beginning of this year, what do you all, our community, want to see more of from us this year? And one of the things that was mentioned was more interviews on the podcast, which is awesome because we do enjoy interviewing folks. Now, we one of the interviews that we especially like doing are interviewing people and talking to people from within the vegetarian Zen community. So this week we are happy to welcome artist Sherry Lewis, who is part of our peas and carrots. What up guys? She's part of our peas and carrots and part of which is our close Facebook group and also just part of the vegetarian Zen community. She's been listening to the podcast for a while. Uh, We wanted to talk to her because she We have so many interesting people in our community. We Mm -hmm. really do. She is a woodworker who creates amazing pieces using a technique called intarsia. I did not, I have never heard of that technique, but apparently it's an ancient uh, art. It's an Mm -hmm. ancient practice. She's going to explain all about that in a bit. And her artwork is inspired by a truly worthy cause, which is the plight of wild elephants and rhinos, whose numbers are dwindling quickly, unfortunately, due to the devastating impacts of poaching. We'll talk to Sherry about her love of woodworking, her commitment to protecting these wild animals, and the techniques of creating her pieces, including using reclaimed and upcycled wood, which is really great. I love how she, in our interview with her, we just, she talks about, about where she gets all of her and how it's inspiring for her to use those pieces of art specifically. Right. But before we get into that, we do have a review. Yes, we do. This is from Flea RN uh, from, uh, now this is a Stitcher review. This is, we do have some listeners on Stitcher radio and this one came from there. So uh, Flea RN says that our podcast is fun and educational. Uh, they say, I found these two ladies completely by accident, and I'm so glad I stumbled across their podcast. Vicki and Larissa are kind-hearted, warm, and never take themselves or anyone else too seriously. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's I, important. <laughs> yeah. I listen to every episode, and I'm always tickled with the real talk and lack of pretentiousness. Awesome. Thank you, Flea RN. We really appreciate you leaving us that review. We don't get a whole lot on Stitcher, so that's really that's really awesome. We really appreciate that. That's right. Okay, this week's episode is being brought to you by our Golden Apple Roundtable. If you are not familiar with these folks, you should be because they are the ones that help to ensure that the lights stay on at Vegetarian Zen by providing us with monetary support via Patreon.com. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get support from their fans, followers, and community members. Many people don't realize that there are costs involved in putting together this podcast and our website, maintaining our website, which we just recently redid a huge design. Those of you who have been patiently waiting as our site came back up because we had some crashing issues and and you know it's it's funny because these things just happen you know we have to remind ourselves and i wouldn't trade the most stressful day we've had as entrepreneurs <laughs> and we've had some stressful ones in the last one week. day back in my previous job that's so. right 
That's right. So, uh, you know, it's all, it all comes with the turf, but we work through it. So thank you for your patience. But it's the support of these folks that allow us to even be able to look at redesigning, making the site a lot better uh, for you guys, and also bringing you awesome content like we're bringing you today. That's right. So any monetary su- support we receive through Patreon goes directly back into the cost of producing the podcast and keeping it going free to our listeners on a weekly basis. So if you're interested in supporting us, please head out to patreon.com forward slash vegetarian zen, where you will see a video of Larissa and me. And in that video, we discuss the mission of vegetarian zen. And on the right hand side of the page, you are going to see various support levels, everywhere from a dollar to $50 a month, anything in between as well. There's several levels and then you can customize. So if you're not digging a dollar, but you want $2. That's customized model. I don't think or that's a level. Dollar seventy three. I, I, don't, I don't think you can do cents, but <laughs> but if you you could, always got to go that route, right? You you got to just twist it a little bit. I know. <laughs> Wonder if it'll let me put a dollar seventy three. Right. <laughs> I'm just twisted that way. Certain levels will qualify you for some vegetarian Zen swag, such as a car magnet, recyclable grocery bag, sticker, or T-shirt, and. Even a dollar a month does go a long way because we have several folks that provide us with a dollar a month, which we greatly appreciate it. And that adds up, right? It definitely does. So if you're not interested in contributing on a monthly basis, we totally get it. Uh, You know, sometimes it's just not within the realm of possibility to do that uh, on a monthly basis. But we do have a one-time button located on our website that says, buy us a juice. And again, all of the proceeds we receive through that Maybe once in a while, it'll buy me a juice while I'm working at Starbucks <laughs> on the site. But, uh, you know, that still goes back into the cost of maintaining the uh, the website. That's right. Okay, are we ready to get into our interview with Sherry? I am excited. I am I'm excited. Really excited. I loved this interview. We had so much fun. Uh, so let's get to it. All right. Without further ado, let's bring on Sherry. Okay, welcome to the show, Sherry. Hi. Hi. Well, welcome. We are so excited to have you here. Thanks. I've I've been looking forward to talking to you guys. Oh, good. And I know we had to put it off for a week because I I got the sickies, but uh, but I'm I'm here now. So um, yeah, we are. We're. I've been. I, I as I was telling you earlier, I've got your website up on my my big monitor, and I'm just watching the 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 images just scroll past. I'm just mesmerized by by the work that you do. So I'm I'm really looking forward to to um to you sharing uh with us about it. So before we get into okay, talking yeah. about your art, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from and what's your story and also how you, how and when you came across the uh, peas and carrots and vegetarian zen. Uh, yeah, I, um, well, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania, but I live uh, a few hours outside of Seattle now. And this has been home for about 23 years. But um, I, uh, um, I live with my two dogs. Well, two now we've had up to five before, but we're down to two. And, uh, one of them is, uh, uh, rescue. Uh, he was rescued from the streets of Taiwan. So he's, uh, keeps us on our toes. And, uh, I, uh, been married for 20, I'm been with my wife of 23 years now. So, uh, we're, uh, yeah, we're just, we live out in the country here with uh, the mountains as the background and, and, uh, I've got a, a workshop, right next to our house. We uh, live in a round house that's uh, kind of sort of like a yurt, but it's, you know, it's an art project in itself. And then my workshop is uh, right behind that. So yeah, it's a pretty good setup. 
Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like yeah. it, and lots of inspiration with the mountains and, and the countryside, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I lived in, yeah. in Seattle for like six months, and I loved it. I lived in it, and it was in the 90s, so it was through the grunge time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was right after it was the Pearl Jam and all that kind of stuff going on. <laughs> I, I uh, helped yeah. a friend move from uh, right after college. I didn't have any, a job or anything. I just had a lot of money in my pocket, and her parents said, Hey, if you help uh, her move up there and get settled in, we'll pay for your uh, some of your expenses, and you can stay up there however long you want, and then we'll pay for your bus ride back. And I was like, okay, so I did that. <laughs> I loved Seattle. And here's a, here's another little piece of trivia. Larissa wants to live in Portland, Oregon, but she's never been. But she just knows she wants to live in. I just want to live there because <laughs> Portlandia. <laughs> I love the show. So we might. Oh, this looks cool. Someday. <laughs> there's so, a there's a lot of nice areas up here that um you know i mean everything's close to nature if, if that makes sense up here because yeah. where you've got oh. the the mountains in our backyard and then the uh the water the strait of juan de fuca in the front yard you know so to speak so just whichever way you go you're just you're going to be inspired and just you know want to get out and enjoy it somehow it's a pretty outdoorsy area and uh Lots of uh, lots of craftspeople and artisans and things like that around here. And uh, there's a town just near us that I, always cracks me up with its uh, slogan. It used to be, we're, because we're a few hours away from Seattle. So the, the town's slogan is, we're all here because we're not all there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's, so you can, yeah, there's, there's just a, a lot of really great areas out here. And, um, uh, oh, I didn't answer your question about, uh, the, uh, the way that I came across the peas and carrots, uh, group was a Facebook friend of mine, actually, that I never met in person, but we got to know each other because we had both adopted dogs from, uh, from, uh, street dogs from Taiwan. So, um, she's a, a vegan as well. And, uh, she, I, I want to say a year or two ago, sent me an invite, uh, to join your page because, you know, she knows that I'd like to make a lot of, um, I'd like to experiment in the kitchen and cook, you know, just, I'd like to take a recipe and then just turn it on its head and see what else I can do with it. You know, that might be, turning it into a vegan recipe or, you know, just making it low sugar or low fat or, you know, whatever, but just uh, playing around with that sort of thing. And she knew I liked to do that. So she recommended that I join your uh, peas and carrots group because she said it was such a positive community, you know, and that, you know, everybody liked to share ideas and learn from each other. And um, I think if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, it was the first, and I think one of the only even now, uh, vegetarian or vegan website or Facebook groups that I even am part of. And I mean, it was just such a good fit. I didn't go to any other ones because I was like, oh, this is cool. This is everything I need. So yeah, so that was uh, how I came across that. And I really appreciated her uh, sending me your way because I just enjoy seeing what everybody does, you know, does on there with the, the different questions and everything. Oh well, I'm so I'm so glad that that you did find us and that she recommended us because um you know with the community we just love the community and it's such an active group and everybody is just so so positive and helpful and and we're glad you're a part of it. So Thank let's you. talk Thank about you. your artistry. I'm so excited to to talk about. Well, first of all, how did you get started as an artist? When did you start 
uh, doing the work that you do? Um, this particular type of artwork that I do now, I've done for about 18 years. Um, it's called intarsia, which is a type of wood inlay. And if it's always a little strange to describe, but the, the best way I've found is if you picture a, a stained glass, you know, a piece of stained glass art, this is like that, except instead of all the pieces being made of um, different colors of glass, they're made of different types of wood, which um, generally speaking are, are not painted or stained or anything. You just use the natural palette uh, of colors that you get from different types of wood. So, um, uh, so you've got so, green you know, and, and blacks and browns and just all kind of earth tones and nature, you know, natural tones. Yeah. Yeah, and you can get, you know, yeah, everything and everything in between and all different, even within one piece of wood sometimes, like especially if it's, you know, just a, a, a piece of cedar that might have been milled to be a fence board. Sometimes that one piece can have, you know, every shade from, you know, a creamy white color to pink to uh, beige to dark brown, you know, just all in the same piece of wood. So, uh, yeah, so you can, you then use that to uh, uh, create an image just by cutting out different, you know, different shapes of uh, pieces and putting them together like a mosaic. And then I sand them and shape them to, to make them, they're, they're two dimensional, like it's something you would hang on the wall, but the shaping kind of rounds it and gets them round edges and you can do a little bit of sculpting with that shaping. So they, they have more of a 2d or 3d look to them, even though they're something mostly flat that you're going to hang on a wall. Right. Right. Cause the back is, is still flat. Yeah, it's, just the the back is, it's just the front and the mm -hmm. tops that are, that are, are like contoured. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah. They're, and the, yeah. The, the, and the way I got into that was um, I first started working with wood about uh, 20, 24, 25 years ago, and I was making uh, log furniture. And I would uh, just go out and salvage um, branches and things like that and make, you know, small pieces of furniture and, and home accessories. And then I started inlaying uh, tile mosaics into some of the tabletops and, and cabinet tops and things. And I would get the, the tile from salvage yards basically, or, or from like the salvage piles at tile stores, because they've got to pay a lot of money to have that stuff hauled off. And they were always more than happy to see me coming because <laughs> right. you know, I wanted to run, you know, I would ask, but I, you know, they would let me rummage through their, their, uh, I don't know what they called them. If it was just garbage Scraps, or what, but, right. you know, yeah, scraps, right, right. Because, you know, if somebody bought, you know, 95% of some particular tile that they had in stock, there wouldn't be enough left to really put back out on the floor, you know, for somebody to, to buy for a, a job. So they just had so many odds and ends and, and they were perfectly useful to me. So I would haul, just load up my car with all these scrap tiles and um, make tile mosaics in my log furniture. And then just one day I happened to be walking into a, a store that was here in, in uh, Squim, which is the town where I live. 
And um, I saw one of these wood inlays, one of these intarsia, and I'd never seen it before in my life. And it just suddenly clicked like this mm-hmm. is like the perfect combination of, you know, everything I'm trying to do, which is, you know, the the working with the wood, but yet wanting to create a picture with the tile. And sometimes even with the, the wood intarsia, I will uh, sometimes work in other materials like little stones or pieces of tile, you know, right. in the intarsia. So that kind of, you know, the 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 arc, that's how, how it, it started and, and where I'm at now with it. Right. So now you do something similar with um, sourcing your wood uh, as you did with the tile, right? Do you get you get pieces from wood shops or other woodworkers that are just left over? Yeah, yeah, I do. And actually, that's the to me, that's actually the, the, the funnest part is where the how the wood just finds me. And, and you know, I, I try to go and buy wood as as rarely as possible because the the pieces that have found their way to me are the most fun to work with one because I didn't have to buy them so there's not the pressure to you know like oh you know I just bought this piece of wood I better you know do something really nice and then I'm like you know sort of worried that I might mess it up whereas if it's something that someone was going to throw away anyway the you know the creative license to just go wild with that and see what happens you know if I try using it this way or that way, you know, the pressure's off. So it allows me to be more creative. Mm-hmm. And I also find that the, at least for me, it's more meaningful that, you know, all the, the wood that's come to me from these various places, it, it usually has its own story because I've had, um, there's a, a guy locally here that makes guitars and, you know, he, he found me and, you know, he had these boxes of scraps that just blew my mind because it was, um, just box after box of uh, exotic woods that, you know, often come from places where I would think they we probably shouldn't be logging, you know, for right. rainforests and things. So I, you know, made it a rule pretty early on to not buy that kind of wood. But here's, you know, this um, craftsman offering me scraps that he has no more use for because the pieces are too small for him to do anything else with, you know, in his work making instruments but for me it could be a piece of ebony or mahogany or rosewood or purple heart or yellow heart you know these really vibrant deep you know special woods and it might just be you know a tiny piece of it that's you know no no bigger than a piece of bread or even a a finger even some of them are smallest but you know to me those are treasures because it's I know that those woods came from someplace special that I wouldn't want to buy from but to be able to to use them so that they don't just, you know, end up in a landfill or in somebody's wood stove, you know, feels pretty good. And then, you know, those are often the most, uh, the pieces that pop the most, you know, when I put them in with, you know, other woods like uh, maple or cedar or pine, which are, you know, just kind of, you see those everywhere. So uh, it's it's the, the really deeply colored, vibrant woods that pop out. And yeah, and those come to me just you know, from carvers and cabinet makers. Uh, there's a, a yacht maker locally that, you know, gave me a bunch of beautiful cherry that just leftovers from when they've built cabinets and yachts. So, yeah, it, that's pretty special. And it, it's, like I say, those are the, the most exciting pieces to work with because I feel like I'm really turning something 
you know, that was discarded into something that is just going to really make someone just go, you know, drop their jaw and go, wow. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you can see those definitely. And as, as a, I'm just watching the, the images scroll by on your, on your homepage, um, the, the black on the, the, um, the goat head or the, the black on the, the nose of the wolf in one of your murals or, you know, the eyes of the, of the rhinos, you know, and it's just those little pieces or the, the yellow rope on the the hiker, Uh, but it's, and you can tell, I mean, you didn't use a lot of that color uh, or that, that type of wood, but it really just makes it stand out. And I just, I just love that. It's just, it makes it just so unique. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, So speaking of of rhinos, I know that, you know, if you go to your website and you look, you'll see a lot of of your work is elephants and rhinos. So how did you come to be inspired by the wild elephants and rhinos to incorporate those in your work? I started out when I was first making these, mostly doing pet portraits and kind of uh, in the midst of that, I, I had a friend had shared a link with me online about um, one of the tuskers in Kenya. You know, the, there's just a handful of uh, elephants left that have tusks big enough, you know, that they touch the ground. These are just right. amazing, really amazing elephants. And one of them had been killed by a poacher oh. and, or poachers. And that I, I when I got when I read that and saw the pictures of that, um, it was uh, the elephant's name was Sakao, and it just it crushed me. And I I just reeled for I mean it broke my heart, and I just didn't know how to deal with that type of grief. Even though it happened halfway around the world, it just tore my heart out. Mm-hmm. And I thought you know either I can just let this grief just sit on top of me, you know, and I can't see my way around it. Or maybe I can try to help. And that's when it just sort of, you know, the light bulb went off that, wait a minute, I can make art or I make art. So maybe I can use my art to help in some way. I mean, it's it's not going to stop people from buying ivory or stop a poacher's bullet or arrow. But if I can use the art to raise money to support the people that are there protecting those animals and trying to, you know, educate people about those those issues and, and, and protect the elephants and rhinos, then then I am doing something. And that was a way forward. And that's what I needed. So ever since I got that, that experience of just feeling so helpless about, you know, that sad news about Satao being killed, then realizing I can use my art to to make a difference to help these animals, it just took off from there. My I you know wasn't doing pet portraits anymore. <laughs> All of a sudden, I just went right into uh, this sort of work, and I I would donate murals of uh, or portraits of particular elephants and rhinos to charities that would then auction them to raise raise money. And uh, and I kind of lost track. I think my website says either 18 or 20,000, but uh, dollars raised from various auctions of, of my work. I just stopped adding, adding on the totals to it, but, uh, but anything I can do, you know, any piece that I can either sell or donate to a charity that, cause they can usually raise more through an auction than I can sell it for just, you know, person to person because they've got a wider audience and it, it's just, it's a really good feeling to feel that, 
you know, you, you can make a difference in something that you care so much about. Kind of the, the full circle part of that is that when female elephants are killed, a lot of times they have calves and the calves are orphaned. And uh, one of the charities that I donated many of my pieces to uh, for, for fundraising uh, was the uh, Sheldrick Trust. And they rescue these orphaned calves and, you know, they'll, they'll milk bottle feed them for, I, I can't remember exactly. I want to say it's several years that they have to be bottle fed and they have keepers that sleep with them and tuck them in at night, you know, because they're such, they're like little kids, you know, and they, they, they grieve for their, their, you know, mother. And so it occurred to me one day when I was, I was out on a bike ride and there's a lot of dairy farms around here. And I heard the cows crying for their babies. Mm. The calves had just been taken away, you know, cause that happens on a regular basis on the dairy farm, you know, they'll take the calves away and then uh, you can hear the mothers crying for them. And it hit me that here I am raising money for these animals around the world that have lost their mothers, but yet, I'm buying milk, <laughs> which in a way is supporting an industry that's taking babies away from their mothers. Mm-hmm. So that really hit, again, just hit my heart. And I thought, wow, that I did not see that coming. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things you can't unsee it, you know, once you realize that. And Kelly, my wife, and I had already been vegetarian for 20 years, but it was at that moment that we were like, okay, no more milk and eggs for that matter. So, uh, so that happened three years ago. So since then we've been, we went from vegetarian to being vegan and it was, and that came, it was interesting because that came through the artwork, you know, just, <laughs> right. just the, the, you know, the compassion just, yeah. Go ahead. yeah. No, I was just gonna say, I love the quote you have on your page. Also the, um, where you have art for elephants and rhinos and the Mother Teresa quote that says, I can I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. I think that's so cool because you as you know, within vegetarians and community, we we want to be welcome to everybody just trying to eat a little bit, even a little bit of a difference, like you were just saying, can make a big difference, yeah. right? In the bigger picture. So I think that says it perfectly right there, that quote. Yeah, right. and whatever you do you know, it changes, even if you're just, if you're vegetarian for one meal or one week, or if you're, you know, vegan forever, what, whatever you're doing, you know, it's going to make you more aware of something just Mm -hmm. because, you know, through the act of doing that, you know, it just, it it allows you to engage with, with the planet and and the the creatures that populate it in a different way, you know, like, even if it's just for, for one meal. So yeah, every every little bit of difference that any of us can make, it, it's got to all add up somehow. And that's, Absolutely. if nothing else, it's a place to start. Absolutely. So the animals are a big inspiration for you, but I know you live in a beautiful, beautiful city surrounded by a lot of beautiful nature. <laughs> uh, yeah. and so, so you also are very inspired by landscapes, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trees, probably trees and mountains in particular. I, uh, I, I uh, rock climb. So, you know, that you're always up close and personal with, with, uh, you know, nature doing that. And uh, yeah, just when I'm out, you know, doing doing any of those activities, I, I definitely, you That's know, just weird. see the 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I was so impressed with when I was uh, driving. I had mentioned to you that for a certain period of time, I was up in the Washington area and Oregon and Northern California. And I remember getting out of the car and the trees just shot up into the sky. <laughs> we don't have those trees here in South Texas. Oh, we have little stubby things. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember just looking up, not even, that was the first time I think I'd ever seen a tree that big. Just beautiful. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they just keep going. You look up and you get dizzy before you get to the top of them. <laughs> okay, so Sherry, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit? Is there anything else, first of all, that maybe we didn't ask you that you wanted to let folks be aware of about your where they can find you and maybe if they have any questions about your pieces? Uh, I, I, as you mentioned, I do have a uh, a website. Uh, that's uh, sundogmurals.com, and I have a, a Facebook page that's also under uh, Sundog. And I, the, the one thing I meant to say uh, about this type of art that uh, I feel is really, really special it, for me making it and also to be able to put it out into the world is that one of the first things people do when they come across this type of wood art is they touch it mm-hmm. and you could, you could put money on it. <laughs> as soon yeah. as you show somebody, it's, it's like a re- it's like a reflex. I'm looking they, at it now and I the, want to touch it. <laughs> yeah, the hand goes, the hand goes out to, to touch it if, before they even realize that they're doing it. And it, to me that it just says something about it's natural and so much of what we're surrounded with now is, you know, it's plastic or, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a natural organic material that we, you know, feel any type of resonance with or, or want to, you know, just kind of run our fingers along it to, to, you know, feel the grain or the, 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 the texture of it. Whereas wood just does that to you. And even if it's, you know, like a, a, an old piece of furniture or something, or, or, you know, an old railing in a house, you know, there's, something about sliding your hand down that that's so different than if it were a fiberglass or you know just a, an artificial material so yeah the, the the thing that I think is really neat about working with wood is that it's not a material that's really in our lives very much as much anymore our day-to-day things that we interact with that's true most There's of them aren't of made of wood, wood. <laughs> right yeah yeah, wood. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's just something that, uh, you know, I think is one of the reasons people are so, you know, drawn to this type of work and, and moved by it in a way that they can't really explain. And I think it's just, you know, wood, it just, it has something to say, you know, the, the grain, the color, it just, you could see where a branch might have been. And, and when you get figured wood, you know, the wood that looks kind of like uh, rippled or shimmering, what makes that wood do that is that tree sort of bent a little bit there and the the, the pressure sort of scrunched it up like cellulite a little bit, you know, it just kind of like <laughs> made it bulge out and, and, and created this, you know, rippled texture in it that stays in the wood. And then when you sand it and make that into something, you see that, that type of wood a lot of time in guitars. 
Um, so, I mean, every piece of wood has a story. So I, yeah, I just, I feel really honored to work with, you know, a natural material and, you know, especially one that, you know, we all enjoy, you know, being around. It just, if you go to, you know, a house that has a lot of old wood furniture or, you know, even, you know, a, a log house or something, it just, there's a different feel to that. It's, there's a different, different type of, uh, life or energy to it. And, uh, the, the wood does the same thing when you use it in artwork. It it brings it to life. It's so yeah. true. Yeah, I'm just looking at every piece is so you can just get lost in all the different contours and the shades and it's it. I totally agree with what you just said. And it, it you know just even just looking at it through through the computer, it just um it, it almost radiates warmth. Yeah. You know, as opposed to like like you were saying something plastic or something metal or so, which is cold you know i mean the 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 wood just lends itself just because of all the different little uh, striations and variations and and then the the texture and the uh the that you put to it and then the expressions that you give to the the animals in your creations i mean it's just so it's just so much warmth which i think you know is is missing a lot in a lot of things these days so sherry yeah yeah i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead I was going to ask you, you had Facebook group. Um, do you have an Instagram group as well or a page? Uh, no, no. The, the Facebook group is uh, pretty okay. much my only, uh, my only social media. I tend to be just kind of out in my workshop mostly and, yeah. and more so than on the social media. Yeah, but, social media can uh, suck up a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just the, the Facebook page, Sundog Murals. Yeah, you know, one thing I, one more thing I wanted to ask you, um, where did the name Sundog come from? Uh, that, that's a good question. That is, um, it's kind of a, it's a play on a lot of things. It's, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, somebody can correct me on this, but I believe a Sundog is, is like the halo that you see around the sun sometimes. Oh. And it's an aura around it. So there's that. It's also uh, the name of a uh, rock climb. Uh, in Red Rocks uh, down near Las Vegas, where I uh, I like to spend, that's where I like to recreate. And uh, I've done a lot of uh, murals of the the landscape there, uh, the the sandstone cliffs, and you know the desert vegetation, and and a few of the desert animals. And the so yeah, Sundog is the name of a climb there, and also it's that beautiful ring around the sun that you know I like. If I can put a sun or moon or stars or, you know, trees or mountains, any of that into my artwork, I always try to. And dogs, of course, because those are our kids. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, you know, it's just kind of pulled all those things together. Wow. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So we will have links out to your website. And then you also have a gift shop on your website. So you have some other things. So you have like prints and then I think I saw a a magnet, correct? So you have some other things out there. Yeah. Yeah, I've got some uh, magnets and um, uh, postcards and note cards, things like that printed up with the artwork because I, I, it's, it's very labor intensive because I do all of my designs kind of uh, from scratch. So and I, I often will design it as I go, which, you know, just everything takes long to handle and design. So uh, the pieces, you know, that usually going to start at a couple hundred dollars and not everyone, you know, has, has money to that 
type of money to put into a piece of artwork, but they still are moved by it. So I made the gift shop so that I could have a way for people that, you know, maybe aren't, you know, up to commissioning, you know, a, a, an original mural, but still appreciate, you know, the, that a particular design I did says something to them. So yeah. it's a way that everybody, you know, just have have something that, that makes them smile and, and not break the bank. Yeah, and I see that you have here too a, post, a portion of the proceeds from all the elephant and rhino themed items are sold, uh, sold are donated to charities which rescue these magnificent magnificent animals in Africa. So that's really cool. So that's a great way people can support this cause and and also support a fellow peas and carrots member. That's right. So that'll be our our in our product of the week uh, section on the show notes for this episode will be a link to your uh, gift shop. Definitely. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Sure. Well, Sherry, we really want to thank you for coming on the show. We are so stoked to have more. As we mentioned to you before, we're going to have more uh, folks from the Peas and Carrots that we we plan to interview as well because we have such a great group of people within the community. And uh, we really appreciate you sharing your art with us today and uh, talking with us. Definitely. It was my pleasure. Yeah, it was my pleasure. I really appreciate what, what you guys are doing and the just the awesome community that you've created with the, the Vegetarian Zen and Peas and Carrots, and I, I feel really blessed to be a part of it. Well, we're well, glad to you. have you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, thank you. Bye. Okay, so that was our amazing interview with Sherry Lewis. Again, it I mean this this was so these are so fun to us on a couple of levels. First, we love talking directly to uh, members of our community. So before we even started the interview, we got to talk to Sherry a little bit just on personal things, right. just to talk a little bit uh, about which her fun. and us, which is awesome. And then I get to learn. So I, again, I had no idea about Intarja and Mm-mm. this style of art. And uh, it's amazing to me. I could get lost and when I'm looking at her pieces, just when she talks about the mm-hmm. description and the detail and how, Every piece of wood is just a little bit different. You just get lost. It's it's, it's almost like looking at one of those 3D (laughs) prints where you just start to notice things. Well, and every time you look at a piece, because when we were doing the interview, I had uh, Sherry's website up on my computer and on her homepage is a, a, what do you call it? A scroll, a scrolling uh, thing with images and a carousel. And I just had that. And it's got about maybe six images on it of different pieces of her work. And so it was just scrolling continuously on my computer screen. And every time, you know, one would pass, I would notice something different about it, you know, and it's just amazing. Yeah, even in the on the website pictures, you notice it. I can only imagine what it looks like, you know, Oh, definitely. Okay, so our product of the week is going to be, obviously, uh, Sherry's store. She has a shop on her website. What I really like about her website is there's something for everybody. So if you're interested in a piece, you can look at at her pieces. But then she also has things like note cards, magnetic art prints, and things like $2.50. That are actual prints of her work. That are prints of her work. And still, you know, a lot of the, we were talking about the rhino and the um, The elephant art going and supporting those causes. Right. And I, you know, I would really encourage uh, everyone to go out and check her, her shop, of course, but also just take a spin through her site. And if you look, there's a page on Sherry's website that is, um, I think it's called 
art for elephants and rhinos. And it is the whole story about the plight of these um, just beautiful animals. And then her how she got involved with it. And then her pieces that she's created of some of these rescued animals and their stories. So I would really encourage you to kind of take some time and read through some of those. Okay, I think that does it for our episode this week. Until next time, peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.